Welcome everyone to Jimmy and Neil Have Problems. Today we're tackling the problem that online dating occurs mostly via texting. And full disclosure, I've never used an online dating app, so um, I am not really qualified. But my impression is that this basically is texting with another name. Neil, what do you think? Is that accurate? Yeah, kind of. Uh, I also don't think that this is necessarily, uh, you need direct experience with this problem. It's sort of the same issues that we have with texting um, ah. in that it's neat thought when really it should be messy thought. That's a good way of framing it. Yeah. What levers do you see for this one? Yeah, so I think of this as sort of a graph where um, we've got messy, the neatness of thought on one axis and sort of the public private on the other axis, right? And online texting happens at a neat private place. And that's not necessarily good. Whereas like a bar, your sort of uh, oh. traditional, um, you know, where where singles meet, that is a semi-public uh, semi place um, with messy thought. That's interesting. I thought you were talking about like some like public, maybe there's a public texting platform, right? Um, but it would be interesting to think about what if your Tinder DMs were actually semi-public? Yeah, that's sort of um, a little bit of what I thought about. Like, how do you make something semi-private? Because um, you want that private conversation, um, sort of like in a restaurant where where you can have a conversation, but if things go really wrong there are other people around um, and there's sort of that safety in numbers. Yeah, so maybe it's something like the first five or 10 messages are semi-private. Um, what I'm thinking about here is this app called Block Party and it's a way of managing your Twitter blocks and you can actually have friends step in and block people for you because it's incredibly draining to constantly manage the toxicity that is Twitter. And so they tag your friends in, and what if you could kind of do that? Is okay. I'm gonna have this these three friends watching for the first ten messages. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Or, or alternatively, what is that program we used with the spatial audio? Um, I mean, we use TeamSpace or Gather. Yeah, yeah. you could use uh, some type of metaverse. Yeah, where where you can you know sort of see who is walking in, or you know something like Volley where where you can, you know, sort of check in where, you know, the most recent message is, is semi-private, where, you know, certain people, your friends, you can select and they can, you know, check in, in some sense. It's almost like a one-way mirror in, in some senses. But I, I really like Volley as this, this is really interesting for Volley. I think like speed dating via Volley might be really interesting. Because video is richer and messier than text. Mm -hmm. Yeah, and that, that would just be pulling that, that messy, neat thought lever yep. um, and moving it closer to the messy thought. And, and I guess we haven't really detailed more what that means, and, and we talk about that a lot, messy thought, neat thought. Um, Jimmy, do you want to go in for those uh, you know, unaccustomed to that framework, what, what that means? 
Yeah, so we've, I'll, I'll attach the, the article we sourced this from, and then I'll also throw in, I think we have a couple articles that use messy thought, neat thought to give examples, but basically the idea is that the, I'm trying, the, the less rich the medium, the neater the thought is, right? So, uh, or yeah, so like writing is like not that rich of a medium, so you have to be very explicit about what you mean, right? Um, audio is less rich than video, so you have to be, you know, more explicit about what you mean. You can't rely on facial expressions. Like, so the idea is the, the richer the communication, the messier it is in some ways, and then the less rich, you have to be neater and neater and more precise. Yeah, and there is some amount of permanence there, where if I'm having a conversation with Jimmy, if I mess up, it goes away. Um, whereas, you know, if we're recording this, that becomes a little bit neater. Um, and likewise, with texting and email, that is saved. Um, and, and one person doesn't have control on it, what happens to that file. Um, so then those are necessarily neater thought. Well, and so something I'm thinking about here is when you, like, when you think about the messy or neat lever, medium is a part of that. So text is one medium. I think I've seen a couple ideas here. One is audio, an audio only app that, that potentially makes things messier. And, and you avoid some of the problems of video when it comes to dating, you avoid um, really negative outcomes, right? It's, it's harder to be, I mean, maybe it's not harder, but I think it's harder to be a terrible person via audio. Maybe it's not, but like, you don't have to worry about screening for porn or any of that in audio, right? Simplifies a lot. Another one is avatars, right? And this is another way of like limiting, for example, the exposure to like negative images and stuff is you just have avatars that are limited. Like if you're using we me's essentially, like it's, there's bad actors can only do so much, right? And this makes it safer for people. Um, I think another interesting bright spot is called Oasis and it like allows you to basically have a fake avatar and like join a Zoom video. I think that's really interesting because one of the things that, I read this great book called The Science of Happily Ever After and it talked about how, you know, we think income and looks are the most important things for relationship satisfaction, but it's really personality traits, like um, agreeableness, the higher agreeableness you are, the better partner you likely you're gonna be. And so I think audio avatars and, and those type of things help us better evaluate, you know, partners. If, if we're talking, this is really a prediction problem again. We keep coming back to these. And it reminds me of noise, which is interesting, like from Kahneman, right? How do you reduce noise and choosing a partner? Well, I think moving away from these kind of random crappy platforms like texting and onto something like audio or avatars is a step forward. I think those do, they're pulling that one lever of, of that thought messiness. Yeah. And I think really the solution needs to pull the public-private lever because um, people will, we need sort of that social pressure to conform and, and be generally respectful, um, especially at the beginning. Yeah, I mean, I, yeah, I think you're right. At the beginning, it's less likely to be, 
I don't know. I'd be really curious to see when bad behavior happens. I would know. I, I know Tinder probably has this data, and same with Bumble. Right? Is it more likely that people misbehave at the beginning or, or a little bit later? Right? Are people? I, I mean, from anecdotally, it seems like people misbehave right right from the start. But I don't know. Well, I'm also not sure that after is the issue, right? Once you're sort of in a relationship, that's not an issue with the online dating. Or, or you know, once you're comfortable enough with someone to move that, you know, traditionally you'd be in the bar, move it to a actual private place. Um, yeah, well, I guess what I, what I mean is, like, let's say you exchange 20 messages before meeting up. When along that 20-message timeline is it that people really misbehave? Is it immediately, you know? Or are some people, like, because if it's public-private, if, if we push things more public early on, is that where the bulk of the misbehavior is? Or is it just going to artificially move it into private? Like, let's say your first 10 messages on Tinder are public, right? Are those first 10 messages normally the problem? Or is it actually the, the messages 10 through 20 that are generally the problem? Yeah, and I think that's where the physical world has a fantastic, um, you know, where, where you, can, you both sort of choose where you go. When I was an RA, I liked to do my one-on-ones as walks. Because each of us sort of was reading the other person and choosing what, what turns we were making. Um, so then I felt like I was never trapping a resident because, you know, there was a, a very physical manifestation when we got back. Um, yeah, they could start edging you back to campus and those type of things. I think there's a real asymmetry here in women's and men's experiences, though, in online dating that I want to talk about here. Like, the, like, men are generally not being harassed as much to the same extent. And so I think there's some differences here in how this works out for each gender right now. Like, not... And I think that's interesting to consider. I don't really have thoughts about it, but I do think it's a consideration to try to understand how that affects each gender's experience on these apps differently. And even um, beyond just the two genders of thinking about how are trans people affected by this, how are um, queer people affected by it, like that, that's really interesting to start to think about what do these lovers do to different people's experiences here. Yeah. And generally, I, I just feel like moving things into from from clearly private into a more ambiguous neutral zone is just going to encourage better behavior across the board. I think given identity verification, though, right? Because we've seen like Reddit and Twitter are semi-public, right? But there's a lot of bad behavior on there. And whereas LinkedIn has much less bad behavior. Scott Galloway makes this point. I think it's a good one. Yes, I think that that is very fair. And I'm I'm not exactly sure. But but I guess in Reddit, on Reddit, people intentionally are semi-anonymous or just anonymous. Whereas on online dating, you are, you know, it's very clear that it's you. 
I mean, in theory. Yeah. Like, that's the goal. Like, you could remove anyone who is not, you know, themselves, and that would be beneficial to, to the goal of the platform. Yeah, you don't really... I mean, you could be anonymous. I don't really see a reason not... Like, right, because the idea is you're trying to evaluate a partner. So the, the most important thing is probably that it's one-to-one, right? Like that each person has one online identity. What you really get into trouble with is if I have five of them and I'm a bad actor, if you ban one of them, I still have four left, you know, like the importance is that it's one-to-one, not necessarily that it's anonymous or pseudonymous or, you know. I disagree. I think on online dating, it should be, I I don't think it should be fully, you know, fully known, Um, right? It's not saying... You know, here's my name, here's my social security number, contact info, but, you know, I should be me, and my pictures should be me, and my answers should be me, right? And if none of those, if one of those is not true, I'm not putting a true representation of myself, and then that's not furthering the goal of the platform. I mean, I guess it depends, though, right? Because I actually think, like, it's interesting to have someone be anonymous, right? So what if you had no pictures? What if it was literally just you're talking to the other person? Like, what if this was an audio-only experience? Like, that could be really good. Yes, I think the the game of the individual platform can change, right? The rules can change, and, oh, this is audio-only. But then it still should be your audio, right? If Jimmy answered my questions for me, then I become a bad actor. Yeah, yeah, I guess I'm assuming. But if, it's, if you're anonymous, it's like, it's kind of a weird thing. Like, if you're anonymous, why would you pretend to be someone else? Like, why would I anonymously have you answer my questions for me? You know, that's strange. Yes, I, I guess you can conceive of a dating platform, online dating platform that is just audio only, right? And it's not you know, not their name, not, you know, anything, not their pictures. It's just them answering questions. But that, that'd be the rules of the game. And, and the rules of the game, you know, if you are being honest within those rules, you are a good actor in that situation. Yes. Like on Tinder, it is bad to have a fake picture. Yeah. Right? Like I would agree. Like you need to play and on Tinder the idea is that you're not anonymous or even pseudonymous, you're actually yourself. Yes. But it, you can conceive of situations where you're pseudonymous or anonymous and it's fine. Right? Yep. As long as it's one to one. So, um do you have any more to add here? Uh no, not really. Yeah, so how are we rating this one? Mm. Are are we going on a second date with this question? Um, I actually think I was pretty excited for the first date, and it was just sort of all right. Yeah, I'm pretty un- underwhelmed. Yeah, I, I don't think I'm going on a second date with online dating. Yeah, I think uh, sort of, eh, if they initiate, maybe. If not, nah. Yeah. Well, thank you so much, folks, for joining us. Let us know what you think. You've got our contact info in the show notes. And if you want to read more about you know, the research we've done here, Check that out in the show notes as well. Thank you so much.